Levitate the Pentagon, the seventh release from the Minneapolis group Deleter, is a concept album based loosely on generations of comic book lore, interweaved with social political commentary on the history of Western culture's role in the world today. With nods to Alan Moore's Watchmen, the world's greatest detective, Marvel's cosmic universe, the atomic age of comics, and more, Deleter weaves narratives, meanings, and connections between a fantasy world and the reality of today. Whether it's themes set to spooky, reverb-laden pulses, or to fiery post-punk blasts, Levitate the Pentagon is a refreshing take on, as well as a dour view of, the state of the world seen through a comic book landscape. Fans of forward-thinking punk music and forward-thinking comics can pick up Levitate the Pentagon from Deleter August 24th, 2018 through their Bandcamp, deleter.bandcamp.com or 25diamonds.com. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Rack, the comic book review show where we take comics from last week, review them, recap them, tell you what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for books coming out this week we think you should pick up. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. We're going to jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, we know that we are heading up against a couple of our colleagues who are doing their own comic book review show, and we are kind of encroaching on their time slot. Yes. So, you know, we'll just try and uh, give you the, the bare bones, you know, quick and dirty, here's what's happening on in the comic book world. Oh, wow. You know? Plus, uh, by the way, um, this is done on YouTube, yes. which means we do have Super Chats enabled, and if that's the case, and we do decide to do uh, those Super Chats, of course we always do, um, we're going to save them and collect them, mm -hmm. kind of like uh, collectors of our own. Now, we're going to keep them until, like, in between to topics. So we'll yes. talk about a book, we'll address Super Chats, then talk about the next book, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, it just keeps the conversation moving a little bit smoother, um, we do want to get to all of you and we do want to uh, address your comments because they're always so insightful and interesting and fun. Yes. Uh, so we'll jump into that in a minute. So let's talk about the first book. Yeah. We want to review slash recap. Uh, what book would you like to start with today? I'm gonna, I want to start with Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark. I know okay. you didn't read it, so we're starting off immediately with a book you didn't. I, I read it. Yeah, I, I read did it, not. And I said I was going to read it. You I, did. I remember. Cool. Because you were like, Ooh, it's magic. It is magic. Um, I know this is like a fairly, not like super new title, but like... Justice well, no, League. though, yeah, Justice League Dark has been around for a while, but not but, this version. But not just, I mean, like, it's been around for a while, but it's not like it's, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's oh, it's of, not like, like it's, it's a like resurrection the, it's title like from, from the, the 80s. Early, yeah, it's, like, from the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but in this, this time around, the team is a little different, and it happens to be led up by Wonder Woman and written by um, James Tynion the Fourth, which right. I think certainly helps it, like, have, Have like, some gravatis. Yeah, exactly, and Naturally. have people kind of pay attention to it. Um, with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Bueno. <laughs> Would you say it is muy bueno? Um, I gotta say, um, yes. Like, I, I actually really enjoyed the book itself. Cool. And um, it's funny, because there was like a couple of moments with the art where I was like, ooh. And then the further we got into it, the more I was like, this is great. Ooh. Like, I don't know what happened. There's like a couple of panels, like that one early on, that I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> but then like the further we get into it, like he's just, he's good. I think he just had to get a little like comfortable with what he was doing. Okay. Because um, mm -hmm. those, those panels I'm not a f huge fan of are early. Okay. Um, and the more we get into the kind of horror scary part of it, which I was like, yay, it's magic. That's what it ought to be. And it's scary. <laughs> um, the more excited I got for it, honestly. Um, this takes its um, lead literally from what Snyder's been setting up. We're talking... Um, Dark Knight's Metal mm -hmm. and um, Justice League having right. just dealt with um, the, the, the totality and well no the um, the world ending trees oh god yeah <laughs> 
No, that was uh, just like No Justice. Yes, exactly. So from no, for, but everything that like he's been working on, mm-hmm. that's where this is coming out of. It makes sense, right? You know, it totally makes sense. No, he set up these big ideas, and he's not going to address them in his main book, and no one else is going to do it. So might as well do it in this supplemental right. well, Justice League book. Tynan's taking it and running with it. Um, this arc is called The Last Age of Magic. Oh. Would you say uh, maybe it could be the last, the remaining, the few remaining days of magic? Magic's under attack. Oh, no. Look, it's not bad, though, okay, everybody? It's not bad. Magic's under attack. They can do it, too. They're doing it completely differently. And they're tying it directly into things that are happening in, like, DC proper. Okay. So, like, go for it. You know what I mean? Completely, completely, I'm, like, down with it. Um, it opens up with Zatanna. She's like doing her little magic show. She's doing her thing. There's oh, like kind of some like narrow- on stage. Yeah, yeah, like literally on stage. Like you know, she's she's just like ta da, and like there's a little narration just about magic in general, or whatever. And she like essentially how it works, like how like all magicians use the same thing, blah blah blah. And like you show them the trick that they know so that they believe, blah 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 blah. She pulls a rabbit out of the hat. The rabbit's dead and it's bloody. Oh, and then like this like crazy like the thing kind of esque thing shoots out of her hat and that like, cool. the, like the audience is like yay yay <laughs> she's like this is not part of the show you have to get out of here right it's real bad you've got to go and they're like wow it's really real yeah i remember just as a quick uh, tangent i was in england a few years ago and there was a street performer who was on a uh, like a long pole it was a unicycle yeah that went like i don't know 20 feet in the air uh-huh. and he's like sitting on it and he's like and he's trying to maintain balance while also entertain the crowd with comedy. Yeah. And at one point or another, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, don't worry, I'm not going to fall. Shit. And he had this real, I am going to fall moment. And mm-hmm. everyone in the crowd was like, yay. Because they all thought, like, it was part what of the show. I'm like, that guy's going to fall. This is not a, this is not, like, him being, like, witty and fun and dry. Yeah. He is really going to fall down. And I just, like, be, being part of a show where it's like, yeah. it is going to collapse. And everyone in there is like, yay, they want us to think that it's part of the show. Yeah. We're, we're applauding your, your commitment to the bit. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So, like, Zatanna's trying to keep this under control, and then Wonder Woman shows up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Wonder Woman, what are you doing here? <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm on Just Like Dark and Justice League. Well, she's been following, like, a rash of, like, crazy crimes that have been going on. Well, she said she wanted to, like, get more, like, tied into magic. I think she formed the JL Dark. Well, she... she in th- this new JL Well, she Dark. has, and, like, she's trying to recruit individuals while also following this, like... This lead. Sh- this lead of, like, crimes to mm-hmm. figure out what's been going on, yeah. right? And, like, Zatanna's kind of like, here's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, you're not magic. And, right. Uh, so get out. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how she is. Like, she's just like... No? What, like, what am I then? Like, you guys, like... Not even just not you're not magic, but, like, you tend to walk in the sunlight. Those of us in, like, the magical world, we live in, like, this grim, gritty uh-huh, area. Yeah. Like, How's that working out for you? Right? And then, like, she goes to a meeting with, like, Constantine and, like, Mordred and Morgaine and, like, all this stuff. It's at Jason Blood's house. It's all the magical Yay! people are, like, meeting and, like, trying to figure out what's going on and what their plan of action mm-hmm. is. And um, then we go to the uh, the Oblivion Bar. Okay. And uh, which we last saw in, in, in Dark, Dark Knight's Metal. Metal. And Detective Chimp is now in charge of it mm-hmm. because Nightmaster was killed. Right. And so he left everything to Detective Chimp, including his sword and his realm that he like guards. Mm. And like, it's funny, they have a little back and forth. And like, I really kind of like feel for Detective Chimp because he's just like, he's like, my buddy died. It really sucks. And like, I went and to And he his, saddled me with all his responsibility. And they went to this realm and they kind of like, were like, they were not happy that a, that a talking monkey showed up. Right. Instead of... <laughs> The guy they expected. Yeah, and, like, um, Nightmaster's, like, daughter still works there. And, like, mm. so, like, it's just, like, kind of, like, eh. It's tense. It's weird. And, like, the whole bar, there's nobody there except for Wonder Woman. Because 
like they're like they've lost faith in that place. Yeah, the, yeah. If Night it can Master be a, is not there, right? Plus, like if it can be destroyed by evil Batman, like yeah, oh, that's a right. And it's like it, he, like Detective Shams, like this used to be like the place to go, and like right. Nightmaster would have like led them and stuff like that. Oh. But like now it's me, and they don't. It's a monkey. They don't have any faith in. I me. am gonna poop indiscriminately, so you know. That <laughs> well, he's just like I'm just a detective. Drinks. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't run a bar. Like I'm also not magical. You're a monkey that solves but, crimes. But like, you know what I mean? Like, not to them. Yeah. So Wonder Woman, like, has this moment where she's just like, I, I followed all the leads. I tried really hard to recruit all of them. They don't want me. They don't care for... And, like, he's just like, maybe they just don't like you. Right. And she's just like, maybe you're right. And maybe they like, were never invented. Maybe they, because they were never invited to be part of the real Justice League. Well, it's kind of that. And it's kind of just like, he's just like, you know, like, he mentions the whole thing. Like, you, like... You you're part of them, like you know, like the the up top. You you don't understand what they do, like this whole thing, right? Yeah. And it's just funny because like he, eventually he's like you know, he says the like I don't I don't know if like maybe they don't like you, and then she's like oh maybe you're right, and he says he's like that was a joke, I'm joking. He's like you're like a ten foot tall supermodel action superhero goddess. How could he's they like, not like people, you? People people dig you. It's it's right, fine. I'm, yeah. I'm being funny. There are more people who like you than don't. Right. So essentially, Detective Chimps like you know what you've got a mystery to solve. Right. I'm with you. Let's let's do it. <laughs> let's solve this groovy mystery together. Right? So then, like, they go... I'll hop on your back. Right? They go to the Justice League Dark, which is beneath the Hall of Justice. Like, they <laughs> gave her this whole thing. That's where it's cool. just like, you can go and have it. There's like a huge, you can get in our there's basement. There's a huge dragon skeleton hanging there. That's cool. And he's just like, they gave you all of this, and you're the only member? Yeah. She's like, yep. Well, it's Except, not like they gave us as much as they just let me use it. Well, I should. It's like parents lit- giving their children the basement to live in. <laughs> yeah, but it's like sweet. Like there's staircases and books and like magical things. Like she really made the thing work. Right. By the way. She's like, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna have my own team. It's yeah. gonna be great. And right now it's me and a chimp and Kirk Langstrom. Oh. Man bat. Yes. Huzzah. And he's like hilarious because he has like a bad head but like human hands right now. And like what? he's like, he's really excited because like. Uh, Etta Candy, or Etta, yeah. like, yeah, like, said, like, here, you should use him, because, like, he knows a lot about science and stuff like that, and Wonder Woman's like, I think she did this on purpose. He arrived six days ago, and he hasn't left. Right, so. he's like, ooh, a cave! He's just excited, because he wants to, like, redeem himself, and help out, and, like, be part of something, and, like, solve problems, and he's just like, no one will give me a chance. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, so then, like, they go and check out all the bodies, and, like, oh, the bodies no. are messed up, and they were, and he's just like, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the same kind of theory that, like, the Jason Blood, like, thing meeting is is coming to the conclusion of where it's just like when they broke open the source wall something's coming through right and it's like the owners of magic and they want it back okay and like the reason that this is happening is it's almost like it's like a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. like it's like this like interdimensional decay kind of thing it's like it's crazy basically um but like zatanna can't really use her magic because of it like because if you do it there's, there's a chance that It'll get you. Okay. <laughs> so when Zatanna's in her meeting, Swamp Thing shows up in one of the plants and like spying on them. He doesn't want to be part of the meeting. So eventually she goes to him. She's like, what, you're just going to, you're just going to spy? You're not right. going like, to join the you, team. Like you're kind of part of this. Right. Like, now here's a question. Uh, do they explain why he looks like Alan Moore or is just shameless? Nope. Just there he is. And he's hanging out by the tree that's there. The tree of wonder in Salem. Like he's just like, he's just trying to talk to it uh-huh and she's like can you communicate with it and he's like well it's not part of the green oh. so like i'm just like here like hey if you want to talk i'll listen right yeah it's cool man come on i have an in yeah like i'm i'm a plant right man and you know whatever mm-hmm. and um it's she he's like trying to talk to it and he's like it wants to talk to you to wonder woman no to zatanna who's with oh him. all right well. zatanna's like okay Why? yeah and so like she goes into this like dark place and like 
she sees her father and he's made out of like fire and like he's like tells her like what's coming he's like i trained you for this and all this stuff and he's just like it's pretty baller he's like here's the thing at the end of the day something is coming and it's real bad and like neither side is quite right about how to fix it like jason bloods yeah nobody has the right idea not quite right but at least you won't become a team (laughs) right he's just like but like with wonder woman's team like you could maybe fix it but one of you might cause the destruction of everything so like that's actually you kind of need kind of he's like you kind of have to go with them and make sure that things go the way it should right and then like this like like entity kind of starts busting through and like trying to get her as oh. well and as that happens all the bodies in the lab come to life come to life and they're like they're horrible and like Wonder Woman's there with Detective Chimp and Kurt Langstrom who's like part bat part man yeah what, and well, she's like hey I'm gonna need you to be like a lot more scary yeah, right now yeah I need you to become more, ma- more and bat she, and he injects himself and turns himself into man bat oh, okay. and like things start like going down and then Swamp Thing and Zatanna show up and Swamp Thing grabs everything and she's just like alright I'm in but like one of us might ruin everything let's go right so it's like here we have our Justice League Dark which is like one reluctant one of the members that like Wonder Woman actually wanted she got <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, That's true. It's fun. You get to see like it's just like a real detective story in a way yeah. with like these magical elements involved with it. Um, yes, they are doing something that we have seen before with Doctor Strange, but look, it's a totally it's a very different story. Similar concept, sure. We're going to see that across the board. Uh, I feel like this is pr- fairly well written. I really like the characterizations of the book, and yeah. the book looks really awesome. Cool, like art wise. So I, for me, this is a recommend. Nice. If you like magical stuff and you're looking, maybe you haven't like had that in into the DC universe. This is kind of fun. It's action packed. It is tying into what's going. Going on so if you're following that you kind of have an idea where this is is rooted in right oh <laughs> so, good cons. work nice <laughs> so there you go uh, by the way um tanyan ran detective for a while yes and when he ran detective he had this like fun bat team yes and he put clayface on the team mm-hmm. and clayface was like the redemption character mm-hmm. yeah and then like things didn't go quite well i think batman he's gonna do the same thing he might do for man bat I mean, he's gonna clayface man bat he could or he could also i mean like not that detective Chim's looking for redemption but he is in his own head yeah so like we could see it either way with either of those characters um but like what i liked about it was the fact that like um uh Tynan has team background. Right. Like he knows how to take a team and have each of them shine. So yeah. like, I'm excited for this. Nice. Also, I saw a hilarious comment that someone said that their mom thought I sounded like Oprah. So. Well, <laughs> I guess. It's kind of funny. Nice. Uh, like, that. that's cool. All right, I'll check that out. Yeah, right? Uh, let's check out into the Super Chats. Mr. Roboto. Let's do it. Hello, is Doomsday Clock like the Spawn Clock? No, it is not. Uh, <laughs> a Doomsday Clock is just a metaphorical clock that determines, like, how close we are to Oblivion. Yeah. The Spawn Clock is a power meter that doesn't matter and is, is ultimately, like, meaningless. Uh, so, no, it's not. Uh, Vinicius Boaventura Diaz says, I know I don't get the, know the specifics of how much work goes into it, but you guys, after getting me to reread DC's New 52, owe me a 52, ba- a 52 back in this episode. <laughs> Congrats and thank you for the hard work from Brazil. Thank you very much thank you. for watching. Uh, yes, we do owe you guys a 52, like the 52 series back issues. We do have it in Omnibus and in trade paperback. We will one day do 52 on back issues, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Avado, a crime-solving monkey running a bar as a must-read. Right? It's funny because he has no magic, but, like, Nightmaster's daughter does. So oh, she's, okay. like, doing things like that. And it's like she doesn't want to listen to him. And she, like, makes fun of him by calling him Nightmaster. And she, he's like, knock it off. It's not funny. Like, that was your dad and my pal. Like, enough is enough. Right. 
Uh, and A. Lopez, because of the Infinity Wars, maybe it may be easier to introduce X-Men Fantastic Four to a new MCU version post-wars, in my opinion. It's great timing. Can't wait. You guys rock. Thank you very much. Totally agree. I think hopefully they take advantage of it. I think so, too. <laughs> so what's uh, what's next on the chopping block? Um, I say we do Century. Let's go over to Marvel for a little bit and like check out what's going on. Century number two, which is written by Jeff Lemire with art by Kim Jacinto and Joshua Cassara. Yes. Um, we had high praise for the first issue. We did. Um, and what, do you feel like it lived it, up to it? Yes. In this one? Yes, it did. Straight I up. I agree. I absolutely agree. I was worried it was going to be kind of like uh, Sentry in the, in like, when they invented, when they decided to do like, hey, Sentry's in his own universe. Meh. Like, I was like, oh, we're going to like really separate Sentry from the Marvel Universe yeah. proper. And just be like, let's just do the a, a, a microcosm Sentry story. But that's not who the Sentry is. Yeah. When the Sentry was born, he came from being intrinsically tied to the Marvel Universe. Every Sentry issue had a cameo or a reference or a team-up with some prominent Marvel character, and so it would be remiss if you were going to like reinvigorate the Sentry and not make him tied into Marvel. Right. And he did. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. But like, and I, not like I can't like the Sentry without the Marvel Universe against it or other characters showing up. But I like that it makes it, it has stakes. Yes. And that's what like I don't care about the Sentry's secret mindscape universe. So I ha you have to make it matter in the universe. I oh really yeah, did. oh so. yeah. Um, I mean, there are, I I do kind of like that mind. I do care about the mindscape of the universe because it is his mind. You know. Yeah, what no, I, mean? I know. And but like, again, there's characters in there that he invented that are sad. You know. Yes, of course. So uh, what's going on? Uh, so in this issue, uh, we have uh, remember what happened last time, everybody. A little recap where we found out he's got that machine that Tony Stark and Doctor Strange worked together on, so he could have the mindscape, so we could go in there, be the Sentry, and defeat the Void like every twenty-four hours to make sure he kept everything under control, and yep. then Bob could live his life is as not like exciting. not well, but you know, you know what? But for him, like having a normal life is exciting. Yeah. So like even if he is working at like a diner as like a short order cook, right? He's like. This is cool. Yeah, because like, I'm, cause I'm not going to destroy the universe with right, my friggin' exactly. superpowers. Right, exactly. Now, of course, Misty Knight and Tony Stark and some other members of the government and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Secret, all this stuff, whatever, don't have 100% faith in him. Nope. And by the end of the issue, he headed home and found that the machine was gone. Right. Um, so we're, we're coming back in the wake of that in which we're in the Mindscape because something arrived in the Mindscape. Yeah. Which I assumed was, was like... Void. His, yeah, or I thought it was his sidekick. Oh. Um, Because, like, he is, like, the sidekick who actually lived in, like, the, like... Real world. Real world, um, and is lacking an arm. Um, desperate, is desperate to become part of this again. He wants to be a hero again. He's not satisfied being a short order cook. And of course, he doesn't under quite understand the responsibility that Bob has. No. Or like, what it's like to not have a normal life. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not in the, like, you know, Tony Stark, granted, Tony Stark has had, like, his fair share of, Of like, hardships, yeah. But it's just, like... He doesn't necessarily become a crazy monster that could, like, end everything. No, it balances out. So it's just like, yeah, you know, I have some issues and stuff like that, but, like, I'm still a millionaire, like, billionaire playboy yeah. a philanthropist with, like, a, a suit of iron that lets me fly around and I have hot girls all the time. Right. Like, it's not quite the same thing for Bob. Yeah. Um, but in the, the Mindscape, it turns out that, like, his old, like, villain, Cranio, Cranio. shows up. And, like, he is, like drawn in like this modern version of like he of looks, a classic old yeah, school like, villain he's very old school but he totally fits into this kind of like a the mindscape and also the art style of this book yes well, and, and he, the century mythology yes and uh, he comes face to face with Centris, um, who arrives in time to see that, like, uh, Scout and uh, the sidekick, I think it's Billy? Yeah, yeah, Billy the, I don't remember what the hell his name is. I can't remember what uh, his, his it's, uh, it's a play on, on Sentry. Yeah. It's not like Centress, which is just a girl version of Sentry. Right. It's, 
but they're dead. Yeah. Um, and Cranio is very aware of the fact that he's in the Mindscape, and he starts using that against Centris, mm-hmm. who's based on Jenny. And he's just like, you're not even real. You don't even know. You have no idea. And she's like, no, that's not true. It's, that's impossible. <laughs> um, and then she falls down. No. Um, <laughs> but they have, like, a big, huge, like, sprawling fight where, like, she, like, she thinks that, like, this is, like, for real. So, yeah. I'm like, of course, she's like, I have to defend the city against this, like, grand villain because right. the sentry should be here, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the real world, Bob flees back to the diner where he's just like, I have to get Billy's help. Yep. Because, like, only he can help me right now. Now, of course, he already tried to contact Doctor Strange, who he says is on an interdimensional adventure. Which, or, like, I guess, is the space it adventure. It could be, but... and I'm like, I, depending on when this is going on, this could be going on during the Vegas thing, which would be bizarre, or it could be going on right now where he's in space yeah. and he just didn't quite understand. What, if he, <laughs> that he was actually in space and not in another Yeah, dimension. exactly. So he goes to talk to Billy, and at the end of the day, Billy's just like, you came to me last. Yeah. Like, you came to me because you had nowhere else to go. Exactly. No, you... So, Yeah, like, so thanks for letting me be the That's kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bob's like, look, you're right. I'm sorry. I tried to get a hold of Tony Stark. He's not answering his phone. Strange is out. I need you. We used to build lots of stuff. We, like, built a car and all this stuff. He's like, maybe we could build this together. And yeah. Billy's kind of like... Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> like, A, no, and B, like, really? Yeah. This is this is your this is your plan. You think we're going to build that? Right. One th- Half magic, half, like, super science. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um... So but it's, of, it, it's a great way to de- demonstrate how desperate Bob it is. It is, because Bob has like an hour and a half before like things are going to go down, potentially. Right. So Billy denies him and goes back inside, and he's just like, you know what? Like, I got work to do. Yeah. And like, you clearly don't give Because the diner is swamped. Me. They have a yeah, lot of work Yeah, they've got like, it's like a big run right now. So mm-hmm. like, you know, he's just like, you like you didn't want a sidekick anymore, so mm-hmm. you don't have one. Yeah. And so Bob like leaves, and all of a sudden there's all these like red pinpoints all yeah. over and him. It's the it's, Predator. Yeah, exactly. It's like twelve of them, and they come out of the. No. That'd be um, awesome. No. <laughs> it's Misty Knight and her crew, and she like, punches him in the face. And when he wakes up, he's in this like crazy underground bunker that Tony Stark built just for him on the off chance that they needed this. Yep. Which and of course they always do. They always do. They always do, and they're like. Listen, we knew this probably wasn't going to work out. <laughs> it, you have no control over the situation, but we're still going to blame you for it. Right? Like, it, like we tried. We tried the parole thing, and it's not working out, and that's okay. But, like, you know, and yeah. Bob's like, no, just come on. I just yeah. want, I, I know my life's really crappy, and I don't really care, but, like, that's what I want. Right. And I can keep it under control. Just let me leave, and I'll go find the thing, and I'll be okay. Yeah, and they're like, now, no. Now, he's a half over, over his, like, half hour over his time yes. already. So, like, we're already in, like, this danger zone where mm-hmm. it's like, this could go potentially to the void. I don't know, right? Yeah. So, like, Stark's like, I'm going to rebuild the thing, but you're going to have to stay here for a while until we do that. Yeah. And, like, Bob's not having it. Like, he's in, like, full-on panic mode at yep. this point because, like, he doesn't want to lose his freedom. Which right. Which is, like, look, anytime... Who wouldn't? Right, especially after having the taste of, like, being able of a to... a regular life. Like, living in a crappy apartment and getting up. I mean, like, it sounds so ridiculous, but, like... Just doing normal people things. Exactly. Like, that's all he wants. And so what he ends up doing is turning into the sentry. Yep. And, like, Tony's like, uh... Oh, crap. Uh. And then the sentry realizes, because, like, Bob goes in the mine. Yeah. And he's just like, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's funny, because the sentry, like, talking, but it's, like, Bob... Yeah. Like, style stuff coming in. He's like, something's very wrong here. And Bob gets in there. He sees that everything's ruined, and he watches Centris like get taken down. Yeah, she actually lets herself get destroyed because she kind of, like, knows in her heart that she's not real. Right. She's just like, it's very, it, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's cool it's and sad. sad, but it's like, 
And yeah. it could have been hacky, but, you know. Uh, Lemire. Lemire does a really good job. And, like, Cranium's like, or Cranio is like, oh, good, you're here. Now the fun can really begin. Mm-hmm. And then we see Billy leaving his apartment, going home, and exactly what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it turns out that Billy paired, like, teamed up with, like, Cranio. Yeah. And, like, their plan is, like, his plan is to put himself into the machine so he could become the sentry. Right. Inevitably. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Now, is it a little bit like um, Syndrome? Right? Yeah, but like, it's done really well. Like, the Lemire stakes are high. Yeah. I know it's a mini-series, so like, we're only on issue two, so this can't be like the like big problem yeah. yet because we can't have quite hit the climax of the story yet mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see how this is going to amp up i've no doubt the void void will be involved of course it'd be cool to see them split from each other for a yeah. little bit see like if like because it's in the mindscape yeah. maybe billy becomes just the void right which would be messed up that'd be cool um it'd so, be a great way for them to actually separate them and be like okay the void is actually in its own character now. right so I'm overall I'm, I really dig this book. I agree. Um, again, because it's a mini, I think it's one of those things you can easily jump into. We're only on issue two, so I say pick it up. It, yeah. It's a fun it, like look into like a dark, gritty, grungy like area of the Marvel universe. Totally, where it's like it questions like the keeping the safety of others, but also like encroaching on someone's like freedoms and that yeah, no, cool. it really works. Kinda I cool. like I like it too. Yeah, so definitely check it out. I guess we can talk about Spider-Man now. Let's, let's do it. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number two or eight oh three or whatever. The legacy numbering is thankfully on the cover, so you can keep it in your collection and okay. actually not get like not go insane trying to figure it all out. <laughs> uh, it's basically, we are we're, it, this is where the rubber meets the road, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot of lofty promises and a lot of uh, status quo shifts in the last issue. Okay, uh-huh. Spider-Man is back with Mary Jane, and he's. Lost his Doc Ock obtained master's degree, so he has to go, and he's part of some weird pilot program that makes him have to go back to school to re-earn it yeah. in an accelerated manner, of, qu- of right. course, so that we don't have to waste time like doing it for like six years or something. Right. So, uh, but the oh, twist, the lizard is his professor. Right. Oh, how is that going to work? And also, don't forget that Boomerang is his roommate. Oh, wacky hijinks as well. Right. Um, it's written, of course, by Nick Spencer, with art still by Ryan Otley, although that will be changing very soon uh, because Ryan Otley cannot finish more than two or three consecutive issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what's it called? Uh, so Spider-Man is... Uh, he, the the highest point of the issue is Spider-Man wakes up in bed with Mary Jane. Ooh. They, uh, they definitely sealed the deal as uh-huh. far as their uh, union is concerned and it's... it's, it's, it's Back to basics with Spider-Man. Like okay. he's happy and she's happy and she's like, We're gonna face this together, like cool. reiterating their whole their whole thing. Yeah. And uh, and so she's like, You gotta get to class. And he's like, Oh crap, that's right. <laughs> I have school again. So he runs to school and he gets to class, and of course the lizard is there teaching class, which is of course hilarious. Uh, and he's like, No, the lizard, yeah, there's this problem, and then they explain, like, no, Kurt Connors is part of a thing. Now, does he look like the lizard? Straight up lizard. He's just a, he's a lizard in the lab coat. And you know, and there like, are other regular people in the class, like just like oh, yeah. standard, like yeah, it's it's an ex- like I said, like it's a smaller class, right? So um, you know, there, there's only like twelve or so people. Okay, well that, that's always good. You want a, like a low student to faculty ratio. Yes, especially if the lizard is going to eat half of them. Right. <laughs> but no, uh, Kirk Connors has gotten like thanks to the the clandestine company that. Ruined Peter Parker's reputation and then subsequently offered him his redemption is also part of Lizard's uh, miraculous transformation from mm-hmm. like 
mindless zombie creature of the night to this guy who's Kirk Connors in the lizard body. I think they also, they preserve that in uh, the last one, the big thing uh, with clone conspiracy. Oh, okay. Uh, he did have like clone families and stuff. I stopped reading after that though. So I don't know where, <laughs> like, I don't know where clone lizard versions of his wife and son are. Right. I'm sure that it'll come up because it's very important to the rest of the story. Uh, so Lizard's like, yo, I'm cool. I have my brain in here and I can change back. Like, I, I just turn into the lizard when I need like two arms or need to scare somebody. But I also have like a behavior inhibitor. inhibitor. So I have an inhibitor chip like Doc Ock had in Spider-Man 2. And uh, the inhibitor chip keeps me from doing harm as the lizard. Okay. So, okay, cool, fine. So uh, then the, the campus, or rather that classroom is attacked uh, by two guns for hire. Okay. The Taskmaster... And Eric O'Grady, the Black Ant. The thing about that is, of course, that Eric O'Grady is dead. And so, like, there's this life model decoy that is part of the Black Ant. But, like, I don't know what a life model decoy needs money for, but it's a life model decoy of Eric O'Grady, so it's probably selfish anyway. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they brought him back. It's hard to really keep straight, like, what Eric's problem is. Okay. So Black Ant and Taskmaster are both, like, hired goons. And they show up and they they try and, uh, you know take over the class, steal some science stuff from the classroom. Right. And uh, what's it called? Uh, lizard tries to spring into action, but he can't because he's got the inhibitor chip, so he can't actually kick ass to the Lizard. And Spider and Peter Parker's like, the one time that like the Lizard is actually in control, he can't actually help me. <laughs> so he's like, okay, what am I going to do? So he's like, I need to. So he, you know, he, he does the Spider-Man thing. He taunts the criminals into... Uh, being so annoyed at him that they knock him into some, like, debris so okay. that he can, like, hide and squirrel away. And indeed he does, and Spider-Man shows up out of the, uh, out, out of the, the, some chemicals got mixed together, creating a little explosion. Spider-Man jumps through the, the cloud, and ha-ha, Spider-Man's here, and he kicks their ass, and he saves the day. <laughs> of course. And uh, the dun-dun-dun moment at the end of the issue is that Spider-Man saves the day, and he's like, oh, and of course you're like, this is a small classroom. Where's Peter Parker? And he goes, well, hold on a second. Let me just go help up that guy over there uh, from the debris, Peter Parker. And so Spider-Man helps Peter Parker up. And so Spider-Man and Peter Parker are facing each other. And you're like, what? And they're teasing the next issue cover is a homage to the first issue that declared officially that Ben Riley the clone was back. But Ben Riley's got his own series and he's doing his own thing. So like, it can't be Ben Riley, can it? But the implication is that there's clones going on. Oh, no. And I'm like, what are you doing, Spencer? <laughs> it's issue two. And so now it throws the whole thing into, into chaos and question. Right. Is the Peter Parker woke up with Mary Jane really Peter Parker? Is it the, is it, uh, the chameleon? Is Spider-Man uh, the chameleon? Like, is it a clone? Is it the chameleon? Is it some other imposter? Is it Mysterio? Mysterio was teased in the first issue. Uh, what if it's that nude guy who makes, makes bugs from that backup of the first issue? And so Spider-Man... Uh, and Peter Parker are technically separate and you don't know who's who. So maybe Spider-Man and Mary Jane aren't back together. Maybe it's just this imposter Peter Parker that's back together with Mary Jane. Nah! What? But that means he still wouldn't have gotten his degree then for real. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's only, it's only his first day of class. Maybe it's like some like technology thing. Like he's like a leftover spider, like Peter Parker, Parker Industries, Industries Tech. It's like a hard light construct. Maybe, but I know it will carry over into the next episode. Okay. So we got that going on. Uh, overall, it felt like a really fun story, and it read well, and it was in, it was consistent with the characters. Okay. I don't like Ryan Otley's art. 
You I'll know? be the first one to say it. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't care for it. I think I liked it when he was first doing the uh, Invincible, but like over time, it just it feels like a different kind of book. Okay. It feels like a different book. I don't know what it is about the art, but I I, I appreciate it. I understand it. The Spider-Man stuff looks really good, mm-hmm. but it, it feels really weird. Like okay. everybody looks like a character from Invincible. They don't look like the characters they're supposed to look like. Right. Like you see Spider-Man and Mary Jane in bed together, and you're like, that doesn't look like them. It should feel great, but it's not. And I don't know what the... And, it, and it's literally just the art, I think. But uh, anyway, there you have it. Uh, so you think, oh no, Spider-Man's like the cat's out of the bag. But actually, there's this imposter Peter Parker. So who knows? Oh, but, all right. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. I, I like it. I recommend it. I think it's cool. So I think you should check it out. Uh, <laughs> definitely, if you're looking for like something that doesn't feel like a dance lot book... That's it. This huh? is it. Okay, that's good. So let's jump into well, some super chats. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's see here, um, Mr. Roboto. So he is not Doctor Lizard anymore. No, he kind of is. Like he's Doc Connors the Lizard, and he can switch back and forth. In fact, he does in the book. He switches back and forth. Okay. Um, he reactivates the lizard thing when the bad guys show up. Oh, so he's just like a regular guy teaching the class. No, he was a lizard teaching the class. Then he's like, oh, don't be scared, and then he changes back into the. Katana. I'm just trying to imagine him like with like the whiteboard, like being like. Okay. That's literally the last page reveal of the first issue. Was him being like, "Hello, class," and you're like, "Get out of here." Uh, <laughs> Kojo No Dojo saying, wasn't the Taskmaster in the Ultimate Universe? Bendis wrote it. Moving on. Oh, right, yeah. because Yeah, Bendis wrote that, so they so don't they care. So they just throw it out. Yeah. Uh, Louise Ezigan saying, uh, please tell me it's just Miles in a Pete suit. Maybe. Now, like, I know what you're saying, but, like, my head just made it into being, like, Miles Morales putting on, like, a Peter... Just being like, hello, I'm Peter Parker. You are not even close. <laughs> you're half his age. You're not the right race. It's weird. He's like, no, it's, it's cool. No, like, because we're both Spider-Man, you see. Oh. Oh. I am not good at this. You should not have <laughs> called me. Uh, and Mr. Roboto, which character has more clones, X-23 or Peter Parker? Uh, I think it's technically... X-23, but Peter Parker had a lot of clones. No, uh, I think Peter Parker does because of maximum clonage. Yeah. There's like a room full of them. Uh, Kevin Kruger, is Mr. and Mrs. X an ongoing? And I got a package for y'all coming soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. And as far as I know, it, it, it might just might be. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kelly, Kelly Thompson's super excited. Yeah, super well, she should be. excited about that book. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess you want to talk about that, huh? I do. Um, I was super excited at the fact that this book was going to be coming out, especially in the wake of uh, Rogue and Gambit. Yes. It's such a great miniseries. I know written by someone totally different, but like still, what a good, like, just strong story. And then... The, Ga- the Rogue and Gambit the series? The Rogue and Gambit series. And then to take that and be like, okay, they got married. Now In what? like that, like, half an issue... Of like X Men Gold number thirty, where yep. it was just like, here's the wedding issue. Oh, different characters are getting married. And I was like, that kind of sucks. That they didn't get <laughs> their wedding that issue. That kind of sucks. Turns out, Mister and Mrs X number one, uh, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Oscar <sighs> Bazaldua. Bazaldua. Basil do it. Let's uh, just stick with it. Bazaldua. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, is the best wedding issue I've read all year. What? Well, out of the three? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even a wedding issue. But, but it's the best wedding issue I have read all year. Well, shit. Um, honestly, it was so lovely the way that, that they started this book. Um, literally, like that, like a nine-page panel grid of like 
this, like just talking about things coming together that like how could like it, like you wouldn't see them coming together but like sometimes they just collide whatever and it's like it was the two of them going through the stuff we'd seen in the last issue basically yeah. them like you know saying i do and like you know feeding each other cake and like the dancing and the holding hands all interspliced between like a ship being fired on by a larger ship in oh, space cool and i'm like okay that's that's pretty cool yeah um but then we kind of we go back we go back okay yeah why are there spaceships Let's no we don't go there we go back to a little bit earlier like when after right after gambit proposed to rogue how like the two of them split off and like all the x-men split two and like helped each of them get ready oh that's and nice. like some of the maidens like team gambit and team rogue mm-hmm. which is hilarious because rogue's like we're not fighting something yeah like there's no teams. No. You guys are just helping us. Yeah, but I'm helping you. Right, and it's really cute because like Storm like helps Gambit get ready, and like he's fix- she's fixing his tie mm-hmm. and all. It's like just adorable because like it's like she's everybody's mom. Yeah, like she's just everybody's mom in this, and like it's so sweet. And uh, X23 and um, Gabby help him as well. Like Gabby gets his boutonniere, oh. and X23 uses her claws and like trims his hair a little bit. <laughs> it's so cute, and like she gives him a hard time about it. She's like, because he's really nervous. He's like, I can't see her. Is she there? Like, what's happening? And, like, right. It's adorable. Don't worry. You're Marcus. not Kitty Pride. You're going to be fine. Right? And, like, it's funny because, like, Laura's like, do you want me to stab you? Because then you'll be focused on that instead of, like, like everybody else. Something you have nothing to do. Right? And yeah. Bishop's there, and he's just like, I bet on Team Rogue, nobody's talking about stabbing anybody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, which is why I'm here and hanging out with you. <laughs> and, like, it's just really adorable. And then Bling shows up and offers to make rings for them, oh. essentially. And, like, Rogue's getting ready with magic. Oh, Jesus just Christ. Like, which is fine. It turns out to be totally fine because she thinks the two of them should be together. So she's just literally helping. They're looking for something very specific. Mm-hmm. And like, Rogue's like, you gotta help me find it. Can you go in the back and like grab this? And like, she's like, I, I don't want to go back there. There's spiders. Okay. And she's like, you literally are magic. Right. And you've ruled hell and you've yeah. gone through hell and you're scared of spiders. It's weird. She's just like, I just don't like them. They're just, like, they bother me. She's like, okay, I'm just gonna go get it then. Right, then I'll get it. Um, So she gets a little something that she needs and then shows up and like, Jubilee is all all in on this of course like she is so excited she's like this. oh my god 90s characters are actually making a, making a comeback yes. i hope i get a, a, she a miniseries is running she's like we need we need something borrowed we need something blue we need it all and she's like trying... beast snip exactly and um remember um like i think it's uh who is it uh betsy's there you know uh braddock yeah oh she's there and she gives she's going through a big change by the way right she has um a pair of earrings and like they need something old and she's like oh these are mine and Jubilee's like it doesn't count they're borrowed she's like you can just have them and they're like super expensive she's like you can just take them you just you just have them yeah it's totally cool um and then um Jean picks a bunch of like new flowers for her and so she has those which Jean is it Uh, both of them are there (laughs) (laughs) and um it's it's adorable and then like they have the borrowed which is um Kitty's veil (laughs) <laughs> I was like that's they can keep that yeah that's she's you, never gonna you need just, it you could just have it and they're like all we need is something blue and Abigail Brand steps forward and it's Mystique <laughs> what? Mystique showed up to the wedding pretending, of, pretending for, to be Abigail Brand yeah Lane? cause she's like I knew she wasn't gonna be able to make it so I just took her invitation I, she's like I love coming to these ex, like weddings that's and fun. she's like and it turns out it's yours Aww. Oh, that's right. Oh. And so they have like this cute moment where they like hug and then she's like, could you guys give us a second? And then she's like, so you're not going to try to kidnap me and brainwash me or like <laughs> fight him to the death or pretend to be me and screw my relationship. And like, she's yeah. like, just you're not going to do all the tropes that you would expect Mystique to do. No, when I hit it. Right. And she's just like, no, like, I'm really happy for you. And like, I just want the best for my daughter. And I would never do anything like this, like on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she offers is like, she's like, are you sure I can't introduce you in a better groom? <laughs> <laughs> and it's cute. Cause she's like, uh, like 
Rogue's like, I can't have you just out there because it's going to stir up some problems. She's like, that's okay. I'm just going to watch from afar. And it's right. cool. And like, that's it. She, that's all she so does. So she's morphs into Sabretooth and she <laughs> watches from a snowy peak. <laughs> no, it's just sweet. Like, they just have like this really nice moment between like mother and daughter. Yeah, and that's it. That's like, cool. But that's her something blue. And it's, it's, it's adorable. I like that. So then like she walks down the aisle and like... They do the whole thing, and then afterwards they're talking about like the honeymoon and like Gambit's like, "Don't worry, I I, I, think I got I, this covered." I think I know how to. Do um, they? Oh, hang on, I should mention too before she walks down the aisle when she gets there, Gambit's like, "Are you wearing a power inhibiting collar?" Oh, she's like, "Yeah, that's what they were looking for." Right. Oh, because she's like, "No, like, there's no way I'm not getting kissed on my wedding day." Oh, and he's like, "Also for later." She's like, "Yo, that." Yeah, 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 that's implicit. She goes, "That goes with that saying." <laughs> so, um, but said so it. she has the power inhibiting collar, which is like giving her horrible headaches and stuff oh. like that. And like Beast is like, "I'll give you as many painkillers as I can, mm-hmm. like that's legally I can give to you for right. this." And they're talking. Oh, about- now Beast is worried about legalities. Well, no, no, he's just. How about I go back in time and make it so you don't need it anymore? He's just being funny. I know. Um, And so, like, essentially, um, like they joke about the honeymoon, and Gambit's like, "I know how to plan a honeymoon." Yeah. And they're like, "You can't just take her to New Orleans. That doesn't count." No, but I own an estate there. He's like, "No." He's like, "I I called in a few like favors. I got this. Oh, I got this." And so, like, their honeymoon is in space. Oh, he called up Captain Marvel, and they and Alpha Force gave them, or Alpha Flight gave them a, a ship. And they're taking their honeymoon in space. That sucks. <laughs> well, because Gambit's theory is like... They can't be attacked they there? They can't call them then. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm in space. Yeah. I'm <laughs> going to bang my wife... In space. Every yeah, but, day. But, like, the Shi'ar Empire or the Star Jammers or the Guardians or the Look, Skrulls... But, like, it doesn't matter. Like he's, like, he's trying to do his best and, like, you know, she's like, okay, but, like, I thought there was going to be a lot more, like... Moonlight beaches. beaches and so he's like we can go back anytime he's like right. i just want us to have some time for just us okay fair enough and they spend most of their time on the ship like naked anyway it's it's adorable That's like fun. they just there's just so much sex happening right like, he's just like i am taking advantage of this yeah and she's like eventually he's like you got to take that off at some point it's gonna right. be killing him she's like i keep it on for like another hour and he's <laughs> like okay all right uh-huh. and then they get the call right and like he's like, don't you dare answer that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Kitty wouldn't call, oh God, unless she needed. She would us. call every time. Every time, put a dug in a splinter. They're like, we like. She's like, they like they know we're on our honeymoon. They wouldn't do it unless they needed yeah. us. And so she answers the call, and it's Kitty, and they're wearing sheets. And uh-huh. Kitty's like, oh right, I'm a tool bag. Well, she's like, hey, you couldn't put on some pants. Hey, you couldn't uh, give me some friggin' mi- a minute, you exactly. toolbox? Exactly. By the way, yeah. Carol Danvers helped Rogue out? No, Gambit. Still. I'm just... She must know who's involved. I know. So like, I assume that, like, something's... Like, she cut the fuel line? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I would call Abigail before I call Carol. I'm, like... You know, I think it's sweet. Like, yeah. It's like, still nice. It's still nice. Yeah. Like, Carol's doing her own stuff right now. So she's like... You Carol just... holds a grudge. Right. But it was also like Alpha Flight in general. So like maybe he knew more people there. Like, Carol, get over yourself. Yeah. You're getting married. Yeah. I think the two of them have been through enough. All no, right? No, that's true. Take, take your crap out on Mystique. Don't take right? it out on Rogue. Yeah. Um, Why don't you get a book someone wants to read? <laughs> wow. Um, so essentially it's like, yeah, we called you because like the problem is... It is in space. Right, and, and you're you the got, only ones there. You guys are the closest. You're the only ship in range. Right, and like like Gambit rattles off a whole bunch of people, and they're like they're all they're they're all engaged. <laughs> it's engaged. It's engaged. Um, so literally, they're like, all right, fine. Like Rogue accepts it, like that they have to go, and it's yeah. h- there's this really hilarious moment where Gambit gets really mad. He's like, da, and he drops his sheet, and Kitty's like, da, <laughs> why? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think naturally she's probably like. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> she just phased her hand. Exactly. She's like, I can see it all. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing everything. Um. So they like literally like take these coordinates, 
fly out. There's like a thing they have to get that's going to be in like a little box kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not to open it. They're supposed to grab it, take it with them. When they get there, they open the door. They like dock with the ship. And there's, uh, I don't know how to say her name. Sarize? Sarize? She's, I guess Cerise. Yeah, she's a Shi'ar warrior. Yeah, no, I know like, that. I, I know that character from my trading card days. Yeah, and like it was like a, you know personal aid to Lilandra before yeah, she died. Of course. And like, but she is of course like in the clutches of I can't remember who it is. Um, <laughs> it's like a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's the Imperial Guard. Oh, cool. Um, it's like you know Astra and Warstar and 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 all these people. They have the thing they want. A huge fight breaks out. Rogue immediately starts, like, grabbing people's powers. Mm-hmm. She ends up phasing out of the ship with the thing because she grabs someone's powers who can phase. Cool. A bunch of them, like, grab Gambit, and they're all going to beat him up. And he's like, would you idiot stop? She just phased out of the ship. She had the thing. Right. We're not... Yeah. The, the fight's over. Yeah. Like, we have to get her back. Yeah. Right? And before they have a chance, like, she just goes, bing, and she's gone. Right. And they're, they're all like... And she wakes up. And someone's talking to her. And, uh... It's uh, Deadpool. Oh, no. And uh, he's like, ooh, the, the crystal thing hatched, and like, we, there's an egg here. And like, he's just like, he literally has her in bed. Yeah. And like, he's laying there with her. He's just like. Because Deadpool and she. I like know. Him. So like. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So, I kind of like them together, by the way. I liked their little. This their is little like, I love where this is going. I love the fact that. Why not make De- put Deadpool in the book? <laughs> I haven't thought about Deadpool in a while, which is like the funniest thing. I, think, I don't think, which said, which everyone has ever said. Like, right. Literally, like, I have, I don't think I've stopped thinking about Deadpool for, like, the past yeah. 25 years. And, like, it's hilarious, because, like, Deadpool's whole thing is, like, because it's Deadpool, that he's... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. He's just, like, he's, like, hey, he's just, like, how about we see what hatches out of this thing, and we'll run away together and raise it as our kid. And, like, I'm, like, oh, this is going to be spectacular. Yeah. Because Gamma's going to show up and be, like... Uh, no. Charge. <laughs> A charge face yeah. explode and then there's a lovely letter from kelly thompson in the back saying like it's because of you guys and your love of the rogue and gambit series and the characters themselves that i get to write this cool and like she's like i fell in love with roe back with the the 90s cartoon back when series. she was cool and relevant yeah yeah which is why like i'm excited to see where she's going to take her because her infatuation with the character started in the animated series right. which is like kind of like a touchstone for everybody for those characters um i'm just so excited for this book it's such a fun adventure book i have no doubt that it's going to have its ups and downs she says that honestly she's like i know people think married characters can be boring but like with these two right. and their past there's no way it's gonna get boring yeah so i do hope they at least last a year together be nice all right but like i love the fact that we're pulling deadpool in immediately yeah like, let's just let's just deal with that let's just right right mm-hmm. yeah they're on their honeymoon cool and deadpool shows up because deadpool yeah because why not <laughs> right so adorable yeah. fun like just a like put a smile on your face kind of book it sounds nice i like um, that a lot and like sometimes you just need that Agreed. you know like it's just the love for these characters is it comes through loud and clear the art looks like the book looks great yeah the book looks phenomenal and it's just it's well written i really had a good time with Yay. it and again best wedding issue i've read all year right easily <laughs> i mean you know that's not hard to, not even, to do not even intentionally meant to be one just really good yeah had a great time so Cool. Well, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roboto in the Super Chat. Marriage and comics, big two, yes or no, best examples, idea for a future show. I agree. I agree. Well, there was another one that. down there. I think you missed it. Oh, was it? No, uh, we talked about Kevin and his, ex- and his ongoing. Oh, yeah, we did. I'm sorry. And he has a package coming for us, which is exciting. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, um, so where do you want to go from here? Um, the, only, the only thing I want to talk about before, like the big thing that obviously everybody is here to see is I'm not going to do a review for this simply because of the fact that this book is going on a one-year hiatus. And yep. so there are plenty of people 
who are either not caught up on this and would like to catch up. So it is not my place to spoil this for you. No. I will not be spoiling this for you. I will say that Saga, uh, issue 54, written, of course, by Brian K. Vaughan with art by Fiona Staples, um, this this arc in particular was um, an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, I I feel like it's one of their strongest in recent times. Yep. Uh, it's does a fine job of reminding us to enjoy moments of happiness in our lives. Right. And uh, that's all I'm gonna say. If you've been a fan of this book and maybe you fell off, catch up. Definitely catch up to this arc. You've got plenty of time now to do so. Yeah. Um. I am excited for the next arc i'm trying to choose my words very carefully yeah we're not gonna here. we're not gonna spoil it here so uh, um i'm trying to um I, i'm very excited for where the arc is going i would like to see what comes next obviously because it there are different ways this could go yes obviously um so i i look forward to seeing where it does you know I'm glad they are taking a break. They they certainly deserve it. I do wish it wasn't a year. Yeah. A year, but I got to tell you, this is kind of an unforgettable arc. Right. For me. So I have a feeling even when we come back around, it's not going to be a problem kind of recalling everything that has happened. That's in true. In this book. Um, cover is gorgeous. Yep. Lovely. I mean. Simple. Fiona Staples knocks it out of the park. Um, this issue was drawn beautifully. Yep. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. So Fair enough. There you go. Well, speaking of things that you that like take too long, and you might have forgotten what happens in them, <laughs> let's talk about Doomsday Clock number six, written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank. Uh, it's let's let's get all the nice things out of the way. Doomsday Clock looks incredible. It sure does. Gary Frank needs the time; he deserves it, and he takes that time and fills those panels with beautiful, gorgeous art. Yeah. If anyone else could have drawn uh, Watchmen. I would say Gary Frank would have been the next person yeah. after Dave Gibbons. I agree. Uh, and it would have been a very different looking book. I'm just it saying, like, but the dude is, he's he's good at being able to fill panels with extra content that is relevant and yes. mirrors uh, you know, narration and homages, things that came before it and teases things that are coming later and, you know, foreshadows all these different ideas. Mm-hmm. It, he is in the uns. He is, he's the hero of this book. He's he not really unsung. Is. Everybody talks about how great Gary Frank yeah. is, including myself. Gary, Gary Frank is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, incredible art. Yeah. Uh, this book is in trouble. And when I say that, I don't mean that Doomsday Clock is going to tank. I oh, don't no. mean sales are going down. No. And I especially don't mean that when this is collected in trade, it won't be on the equivalent of the New York Times bestseller list because comics aren't allowed on the New York Times bestseller list anymore right. because comics aren't literature. Yeah. Uh, so the idea here is that like it's going to read really well unless DC DCs up this book. Yeah. We could have done a whole episode about Doomsday Clock, and I really kind of wanted to, but I also thought there were a lot of books that we should have talked about. Uh, so we didn't do that. But uh, so the story is. Go for it. it it's a uh, it's a marionette and mime origin story, and the DC universe is intrinsically tied. Uh, that's the book. Yeah. Does anything happen? Not really at all. Uh, but marionette and mime do kind of team up with the Joker. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, and they do in the beginning, and then they do at the end. Kind of. So like, okay. If Jeff Johns wanted to do a sequel to Watchmen which is clearly what this was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone said it was supposed to be this universe-building, Dr. Manhattan-tying, rebirth crescendo. Yeah. No, it's not. It's straight up just a sequel to Watchmen with DC characters in it. That being said, 
Uh, if you wanted to do that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And you want to make it this really standalone piece of art. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Batman looks so different from his Rebirth costume and from the Detective Comics costume coming out soon and all that yeah. other stuff. Because I want it to be like a distillation of the most iconic looking Batman I can imagine. Right. Just like Superman. Like, yeah, sure, we brought back the trunks because whatever. But the reality is I brought back the trunks because I want it to be the Superman everybody remembers in this Doomsday Clock yeah. book, right? That makes the most sense. I want, if it's going to have Batman and Superman, I want them to be the purest versions of those characters. Mm-hmm. The characters that I remember. That's cool. There are moments like that in this book that made me think that that's what he wants to do. There's a big moment where uh, Joker wheels the unconscious or sedated body of Batman into a secret meeting. He's just be wheeling around everywhere. Yeah, under, yeah. The, under the sewers. Uh, into a secret meeting that's being held up by all of the Arkham Asylum members, in, and especially the Riddler. It's all yeah. It's all kinds of villains. It's, it's a bunch of villains, actually. It's I, I think it's but it's a like lot Captain of Captain Cold is Captain there. Captain Cold's there. A like, bunch of the rogues and the Mirror Master is there. A bunch of, of villains. But like everybody looks like the version that has been around for a hundred years. Yeah. It's the Riddler. It's Nigma in a onesie. Yeah. Like he's never looked since I want to say like 1980 freaking seven. <laughs> By the way, I like that version because yeah. I like because when I Marvel can change, Marvel can grow and change, evolve, whatever. You can kill Captain America and then he can never come back. It doesn't matter. Like, but the, because it's the real world and it changes. For me, DC make it the thing that it's always been. Yeah, it always comes back to where it came from. That's that's how I've always viewed DC. Mm-hmm. So when everything's come back I'm, or when everything anything changes, I'm like, give it give it some time. It'll go back to where it was. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. But yeah. then, the Court of Owls shows up. Yeah. And like, okay, cool. The Court of Owls is in this book, right? Whatever. The Court of Owls are a great big villain that only really worked one time. But that one time is one of the top ten best Batman stories of all time, so you get the pass. Yeah. But we're going to establish that there's a new and enduring and forever head of the Court of Owls. The Judge. Yeah, well, they, they, they indicate they're like, he's back. And I'm he's like... Back. Like, he never existed. But, like, we're establishing the the judge. And the judge is part of this big thing. We're obviously setting up a thing with the Court of Owls. In this book that'll last forever. Also, they reference Sanctuary. Yeah. And the Heroes in Crisis event. Here's the problem. Everybody, like, if this is supposed to be standalone, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Right? Whatever. But, the delays made it. So that any fallout from this book can't happen. Yeah. Because it's going to be freaking late. Yeah. This issue came out today, uh, this win- this Wednesday. The next issue will be out, I think, the middle of September. Are you kidding me? No. And when I say the middle, I think I mean the end. Ooh. But September. So, and this is the halfway point of this series, by the way. Yeah. So we have six more. Yeah. So this issue won't, this series won't be done until 2020. So any fallout from this book, there's no freaking way yeah. that we can wait for whatever it is that Doomsday Clock is setting up. Yeah. So we have to start doing the things that this was supposed to set up or or pay off now, which includes Sanctuary and Heroes in Crisis and the Judge from the Court of Owls. But it doesn't matter because those things are going to happen anyway and this book is going to be collected anyway and in five years no one will give a shit. But yeah. it's going to be mired in all this crap. Yeah. What could have been, when does Doomsday Clock take place? Who gives a shit? It's beautiful and perfect. Read it anyway. 
But now there's all this damn words in there yeah. about sanctuary and about this event that like half the readers of DC yeah. aren't excited for and the other half will be excited for anything because it's written by Tom King. But in five years, who cares? Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've now ruined the half-life of the book. And I don't mean it's ruined. I'm not saying the Doomsday Clock is forever changed and no. destroyed. I'm just saying like you've hurt the book. You've yeah. hurt the integrity of the book because of the delays. Mm-hmm. And because of your need to have this be the fallout for the for the whole DC universe. Uh-huh. I also don't think it's going to be now. Like, Dr. Manhattan maybe created the DC universe. Dr. Manhattan is part of this whole thing. I think Dr. Manhattan is going to do nothing. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. He's obviously the, the, the MacGuffin of the book. Where's Dr. Manhattan? What's yeah. he up to? What's he doing? What was he up to? That's the question. That's the big mystery. Yeah. But that's the mystery for this. Not for DC. Agreed. You know what I mean? You're not going to get DC Universe Rebirth number two. Yeah. And it's going to be right after this, and it's going to explain everything. Right. But And and then, and then when, but when you think about all those things together, then they're referring to, like, the Superman theory, which doesn't there's, really have any bearing on anything. There's a lot of threads right now. Yeah. A lot of balls in the and air. And, like, here's the thing. Like, I don't mind a, a story with a lot of depth. And like of course a lot not. Of this is a secret watchman. It better have some depth. Yeah, yeah. But it just... It, I, I almost can't tell which is their main focus no. at this point. Like, what is the main focus of, like, what you're going to be, like, going towards in terms of, like, the big reveal? Right. Which, I mean, seemingly the big reveal is going to be Manhattan. Yeah, well, I mean, or he's been in the be book the already. Superman theory. Yeah. Or the superhuman theory or whatever. No, it's it called the Superman theory. Um, or it'll be the kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who's the dude? Because Marionette and Mime are the most important characters in the universe. This, that's, that's the thing I said off camera, the, like, earlier today. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the very definition of arrogance to say, I'm going to do a sequel to Watchmen, mm-hmm. and the most important characters in my sequel to Watchmen are characters I invented for my sequel to Watchmen. Yeah. I like Marionette Mind. Yeah. I think they're really fun. They're interesting characters. I, I like them better than... What than Punch and Julie? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I think they're really cool. I think they're very interesting. They're clearly the most important people in the universe right now. Yes. We dedicated more page real estate to Marionette and Mime in the last six issues than Superman, Batman, Dr. Manhattan, the comedian, right. the Watchmen universe itself, Rorschach, everybody. Yes. That's cool, and I'm glad. And listen, like we're halfway through the book. I can't make my complete, total judgment. But when you only have one issue every two months, two mm-hmm. to four months... It's hard not to like pour over every issue and be like, "What is what is the meaning here? What is yeah. the overall like purpose?" Some great stuff in here. Yeah, it's there a beautiful is. book. There really is. Like, I definitely agree. It's Marionette it, Mime's origins right, are great. Yeah, they they are. I absolutely enjoy that. Um, you know, like you said, like Frank knows exactly what he's doing. Like the man can do a nine panel layout. Oh, like yeah. it's nobody's business. The dude may have like brought it back. Like right? other people are going to try I, to do it and they're and not going to be able to do I it have. successfully. I've seen it recently. Like uh, in it was in next Mr. Mrs. X. Mr. X, Mr. Mrs. X definitely um, handled very differently there. But you know, like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to like take moments and like punctuate them with the art and the words that are going to be on that art. Definitely yeah. works. It just kind of feels like right now, and again, like you said, we're only halfway through. It's kind of hard to judge where this is going to go, obviously. Yeah. It almost feels like Johns has lost his way a little bit. Yeah. Like, But there's no way that he hasn't had this whole thing written already. No, and I'm sure he has, but like things can get a little muddy when you're trying to do a few too many things. And yeah. like trying, and like, like you said, focusing on these new characters might be the only thing he's able to do to, to keep himself... Yeah, to keep himself on the right path. Yeah, and like, good or bad, I don't know yet, yeah. obviously. Um... Yeah, because we, you, you know, you don't know. I mean, it could be, that like, the whole thing, oh, 
anyway. There's a lot of like, but uh, but I don't know. I and I and I'm. It was it was a great read, but at the end of the day, I was frustrated by the fact that like we're not any closer to anything. No, it's true, and like I understand the Joker being a part of this. He just in this issue felt a little tacked on. Hmm. That's funny because for me, every time they refer to the Joker, I'm like. Put him in the book. Yeah, no, I understand that. But now that he's here, because it was so focused on Marionette and Mime. Now, granted, I understand we're trying to make this connection between him and and and, and them, them but it was so focused on them, it just kind of felt like he's like, and the Joker's here too, right? And I'm like, dude, if you're gonna put him in there, make it feel less like he's just like, and me too, yeah, because he doesn't do forget, anything. Like, I am also a clown character, right? Well, because the implication, and I know that like one, like in two and a half years, and this book's all finished, they're gonna go back to this episode and go like, he was wrong. <laughs> he doesn't right. know anything about comics. But like the implication, at the very least, yeah, is that he's Marionette and Mime's son. Yeah. Because Marion and Mime are only here to get to the bottom of why their child, or where their child went. Right, and can I tell you how desperate I am for it to not be that? The funny thing is, at this point, I would love it, because I don't care anymore. Because I <laughs> want something to happen, and I want it to matter. And now there's three Jokers, it's like, fine, one of them can be the Joker, I don't care. Right. And in fact, all the uh, all the Vertigo-type stuff the Joker ever did, Killing Joke, uh, all that stuff, that can be this Joker. Right. Then there you go. Marion right. and Mime's son is the one that did the darkest stuff. Yeah. Because he came from the Vertigo universe. Mm-hmm. Like, Fine. But like, I, I, you know what I mean? It's, but the implication is that. Right. You know, people have asked me like, why? But it's like, because that's what the narrative is going in that direction to yeah. tell you. Like, it wants you to think that. Mm-hmm. And whether they were doing that for misdirection or whether they're doing that because they want to have a big like reveal or whether yeah. they, they want you to think that because they want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Because like the Joker is tied to Marionette and Mime, whether or not he is their son. It's just a question of like, oh, he's got to, like, he he's drawn to them. Yes. He takes them hostage in the beginning of the story and then by the end when they escape he tracks them back down yes and he's like there's something about you and i need to be with you and you're right. like that's cool that, I, I guess that's that cool. i like i do i mean like i understand what you're talking about there um for me it all kind of fell apart when we're getting the like they run into the freeze henchmen <laughs> and we waste possible page real estate to doing a move the car George moment about like the freeze henchman being like it is these parkers are pretty heavy like yeah, being a like, being a henchman being... for Mr. Freeze sucks but being a henchman for Joker must be really like, right, a death and like being tattooed by the guy and it's just like, like if you were doing a thing where we're like going back to a marionette's origin where she's watching her father be like you know put under the boot basically yeah. like that's interesting but that's not what you did no like you didn't make that parallel you like you showed it to us, but it's almost like you didn't even realize that it was there. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Well, it could actually be just so subtle. I That it guess. just failed to... It was just such cross a... Cross that barrier. It was such a bizarre thing to just, like, harp on. And mm-hmm. then, like, they have a callback to it later they on. They do. Or they're like, uh-oh, I don't think that was a clean needle that they gave me yeah, these tattoos Yeah, or they're for. like, oh, man, like, oh, Freeze is still here. Like, oh, you think oh, he's, no, he's, he's going to notice the, the tattoos. Gonna, yeah, and I'm like... Like, what about these tattoos? Why are you so focused on these tattoos? Yeah, like, I don't get, like, why, like... We don't need them to show you why the Joker is horrible. Right. Like, we... You know how the Joker is horrible? Because when we first showed up, when Marionette Mime and Ozymandias and Rorschach land in the DC universe, they land in the Killing Joke carnival. Yeah. It's just like, you got all the information I now have immediately associated the Joker with the Killing Joke. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. At the very least, it's horrifying. Right. So, like, do it. Yeah, you I, know, I agree. we don't need, and also like, what the Joker gives people tattoos now and dirty needles now. The Joker could do anything; he reinvents himself all the time. So whatever, that's fine. Yeah, but it's a weird, like, 
these are not important characters. Why are they, and why why did you dedicate so much page real estate to them? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And then um, the comedian is clearly on his own mission, but like it's so funny because he just shows up like. It's very much out of like, nowhere. It's almost like it. John is putting him places right. strategically, which it very well be. Or, be. or the comedian's just that good that he always just pops up in the wrong place, or the right place at the right time. Yeah. Because comedian, and like I saw somebody talking about how awesome it was when the comedian's just like, just opening fire on the DC villainy. Like, yeah. you know, just being like a complete badass. And it's like, hey, yeah, that's cool, I guess. But like, why? Yeah. What's he doing? Why is he doing it? Who brought him yeah, here? And we know it's he, Dr. Manhattan, but like, why? But like, why? Like, why them? Why? Like, it, it, he like, hit I, a few villains and it seems like, like, he hits Freeze. I'm like. Yeah. Like, well, so is Freeze dead? What? I don't oh, know. Oh, that's right. No, it, it, it like doesn't go through. But I, like, thought it, I thought it. No, I guess you're right. It looks like it shatters it. So yeah, like, it hurts the glass, but it doesn't kill him. Right. Which, by the way, in that panel, you hear like off panel, the henchmen are like, boss. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, don't forget us. Get rid of these guys. Yeah. But, like, you know, there's a dumb movie that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in called Commando. He destroys an entire South American country. It's cool. Yeah. Why does he do it, though? Because his daughter's held kidnapped and he needs, he need, because his daughter's right. kidnapped and we need to, we, he needs to get to her. It's mindless. It's stupid. Yeah. It's indulgent. It's awful. But it's entertaining. Yes. Why? Because he has a goal. Yeah. If he just went there because he's like, screw it. Yeah. He just destroys things. Or the, or they don't reveal that it's the daughter until the last page. It's like, it's a little unsatisfying because well, I don't thing. care. I hope that it does turn out that it's because John is putting him places or he's there to do specific things. Right. And not just, they needed him to be with Marionette and Mime, Joker, and Batman. Right. Because it's like, you could have done anything else to make that happen. Yeah. Um, This was, I don't know. Like, I hate the delays. Oh my god! It makes you forget things that happen, and I'm like, okay, wait, I got to go back. Yep, it's gotta like, go back. I you're like, it, I feel like I, I'm losing the point of this book mm-hmm. due to the delays, yeah. um, and due to like seemingly it's starting in one direction. Now we've kind of switched gears. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we're halfway through the book though, so it's like it's unfair to try to hazard judge a, it, yeah, or hazard a guess necessarily even where it's going. Uh, and yeah. yeah, or say that he's not accomplishing his goal as yes. a result. Like we're only postulating how it feels reading the sixth issue in an issue in a series that should have been done by now, but instead won't be done for another year and a half. Yes. But now the, uh, like that's the nature of, of, of criticism. We're just talking about the book. We're course. not like trying to say like John, John's the hack and he can't write and doomsday clock is overrated and stupid and it sucks. Like, you know, there's a very big difference between what we're saying and what yeah, people and it doesn't interpret mean, that. Yeah, exactly. Me. Like it's never like one way or the other with these kinds of things. No. Like, you're allowed to like, Read something and inevitably enjoy it, but along the ride, be like, mm, yeah. How many times have you read a novel and you're like, that sucks, and then like it, like a like a watch just clicks right into place, yeah. and you're like, oh shit, everything yeah. was cool. Exactly, exactly, and like. But I also don't want to be like distracted. Like I don't want to be like, no, it's this book is great because comedian is cool. Yeah, that's not why it should be great. And no, like, that that car is the best because it has racing stripes on it. Right, right. Like, it. I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I look forward to seeing this in trade in like 10 years. Um, right. <laughs> and it's going to be great. And it's going to be like, it'll be black label. It'll have a, and it'll be an absolute edition. It's mm-hmm. going to have all these gorgeous stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, like you, he, Jeff Johns, <laughs> um, <laughs> said, we really truly said his name. I know. I said like, it a lot, but Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Um, like I know the man can write. I know he cares about comics. I know yeah. he cares very specifically about his idea of continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he did task himself with writing a sequel 
To Watchmen. To Watchmen. To, the, to one of the greatest books they've and ever like, published. So, of course, it's going to fall under a, a critical eye. And then when you hit... Like stack these delays on top of yeah. it, and the idea of it like meant to be changing the DC universe, and like well, and even then, like they did, like you know, they can always say they can always roll it back, and they can say we never said that, right? And it's like, it's yeah, just... you didn't, but you certainly made a big for screaming deal about it. Yes, it's true. And you're doing a sequel to Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, and you're not doing a cash grab prequel to Watchmen. Which ultimately didn't do anything. It didn't no. matter. No. And nobody asked for it. That's and, right. And it shows. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, it's true. It's absolutely but true. But it's, it's just, you know, I don't like know. I said, it's a beautiful looking book. It I think is. the characters are pretty cool and, and interesting. I love Marionette and Mime and I really like, wa- like watching them. Yes. It's just weird that they're the focus of the Watchmen sequel. Right. I mean, I'm sure he has big plans for them. No doubt. No, d- I they, have no doubt he he's better. got better. They better not be assassinated in the mid-sex scene in the next issue. They, no, they stood up. They're good. I know, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but, ye. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But, like, I I, I... I hit a button on the keyboard for a oh second. Oh, no. Sorry. I don't... Rec- I, here's the thing. I recommend it because it's such a beautiful book. Right. And I, like, and I'll be a dope if I'm like, this is overrated and sucks. Because, like, when it's collected... It's gonna be The different. delays won't matter. No, it won't. And so, like, for those of you who are trade-waiting on this, you're gonna have a very different experience than everyone who's going, like, issue to issue. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be a very different experience because you'll have it all there and, like, regardless of how you feel about it at the end of the day, like, you'll have a complete picture in front of you. Yeah. Like, and and it'll be easier for you to transition from plot point to plot point because you won't have months in between. Yeah, exactly. So, hmm. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can jump into some recommendations for books that we think are cool that you should check out. <laughs> that we think are cool. That we think are cool That's and you cute. should check out. Um, I'm going to jump into it first because why not? Because yeah, I've got them ready. Good, because I, I certainly don't. So um... uh, Infinity Wars number one comes out. I'm going to give it this one issue. And if it sucks, I'm not reading Infinity Wars the end. Wow. Like, because who asked for this? What's happening? It's Jerry Dugan or Duggan. So mm-hmm. like... It's it will be well written. It's going to be drawn by Mike Deodato Jr., which we just saw in Original Sin about ten years ago. Right, right. Can he be better? Yes. Okay. Is he suited for an event? Not really. <laughs> but his art is so good, it doesn't matter. I read the first six pages of the of Infinity Wars, and it looks so good. Okay. Uh, that's not enough. But if it's cool and it matters, like if it if it does a better job of getting me into it than like <laughs> like the Hud for Wolverine and all the <laughs> seventeen different books about it, then like I'll check it out because I gotta see how it goes. Like so, Infinity Wars number one comes out next week. I'm gonna read it, and if it sucks, that'll be it from me about this freaking event that no one asked for, <laughs> just because Thanos is in it. <laughs> all right, what else you got? Uh, Justice League number five comes out. Okay. Um, it is consistently good. Um, I like it. It's going to focus more on the, on the society and stuff. Yeah. The, the, you know, uh, Scott Snyder has been doing a good job. I'm impressed that but, this book has been coming out so rapidly. Yes. And like on time and like the art's great. Yeah. So. The only problem is that this is not a regular chapter. This is written by James Tiny the fourth. And I think it's going to be more about like the society than it is about like what's ha- the totality. Well, I have no problem with James Tynion the Fourth. So no, like, I think he's fine, but he, he's no—he's not quite. This Snyder. must be a break image or break book then. Like, yeah, I think it is. Like, I think it's supposed to break. Snyder's things up. gonna. 
Because I think it only really on. needs one more issue to like wrap up this arc. Yeah, that's fair. So let's take this. Let's take this issue. Okay. And uh, so I, I think it'll be cool. Cool. Yeah, check that out. Totally. Uh, and of course, like I think what's a way more exciting event, an event that I think is just like pretty badass, um, and it's amazing, and it's not because I like think they suck. It's just because I think it's really, really like expertly put together. Is the death of Inhumans number two comes out? That's awesome. It's yeah. uh, Donny Cates and Ariel Olivetti. Excited. It looks so good. Right? It's written so well. It's put together in a, in a way that makes me like feel bad for the Inhumans. Like I miss that. Like I, I, I was like they knew exactly who to kill. Yeah, at the right minute. Yeah, and I'm like Jesus Christ. Like this is and it, and it was cool and interesting and and fun and well written. And it's like man, if all the humans books were like this, maybe I would have read the damn thing. Right. But uh, also like, hey, you know what? Like make it true to the Inhumans, and now I'm interested. Like instead of it being a, a Trojan horse or an overt horse that's just like I'm replacing the X Men. Like. Don't prop them up where they don't belong, but if you have something cool, if you have a really dominant pitch, yeah. do it with this. Exactly. So, like, I think this is a great book. I and agreed. the first issue was so good, I'm going to check it out. Okay. That's fair. I know we didn't uh, hit those super chats up, so before I go, do you want to? Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. No, um, that's okay. I just want to be sure. Well, sure. Uh, Kevin Kruger saying Red Sonia slash Tarzan is great, and have you all read Bone Parish? It is about using the dead as drugs in New Orleans. I almost picked that up, but it's funny because like I'm reading Magic Order right now, which is like magic with like a mob feel to it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to read this for right now. But it's funny. I, I looked at that cover because it was so lovely. Yeah. So lovely. Right? Um... And uh, LMX, no, LKM Cherokee. Cherokee. Dan Dumbass <laughs> is likely responsible for the Doomsday delays. Uh, he prematurely ended Rebirth, which was supposed to end with Doomsday Clock. I mean, like, if it was, then it was never going to end because Doomsday Clock is so delayed. I think the delays really are just like, Gary Frank needs the time. Yeah. I think Jeff Johns has the whole thing written. I think it's just like... I think I think the, the the stuff that I criticized it for, I think, like, the, the references to Sanctuary and the references to the Court of Isles, I think that is DiDio. I think that's like, make it relevant to the things that are happening right now because otherwise they'll lose interest. And it's like, like no, no, no. If it's good, they'll just read it. Yes. They don't. I don't need to be like, ooh, Heroes in Crisis what? is coming out. Right. I better and it's and it's connected. Like no. Or it's just so funny because it's like if that's the case, like whoever put that in there, it's just like then you missed the point of Watchmen. Right. Yeah. It's not like they're well. I mean, Watchmen is standalone. So, but that's it wasn't connected saying. to like, the DC universe. But like that, they did that on part. Like you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They, they managed to write a book that had nothing to do with the characters that everybody knew and loved, and it's a critical success, and everyone loves it. Yeah. And you don't have faith that you crossing over that universe with your current superhero universe is enough. Right. It's just, it's, it's not even, I don't even think it's the current DC universe, I think it's just the distillation of the DC universe. I think it's like, it's the purest version of the DC universe. It's not even the one you're reading about. Right. It's just the one that Jeff Johns remembers. Right, right. You know, Barry Allen's the Flash, and there's no other Flashes, and, you know, Hal Jordan was always Green Lantern. Right. And never had white in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think Death and Humans is cool. Yeah, I, I definitely... And also, thank you for the super chat. Um, yeah, no, Death of Inhumans, I'm, I was going to recommend that, but you grabbed it. So oh, sorry. Fair. No, 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 don't be sorry, because, like, that's such a great book, so it's, like, double recommendation, because I've really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Case has written some really strong stuff. I'm not, like, on board for everything he's no, done. No, his, uh, his uh, but, other book was not great. No, but, like, that's just for me, but, like, I think he is very confident of writing um, stories in general, especially if they're, like... Like closed, Put together. Like, yeah, if he only has 12 issues, boom. Like yeah. Tom King. Like, give Tom King a character that isn't mainstream and his 12 issues, and you can have, you get magic. Right, exactly. Um, I do want to make mention that, um, 
if you have been a fan of witches, I hope I, I just I never mentioned this, but like that there's an Image Plus magazine that comes out. Um, sometimes the comic store will give it to you for free if you buy some Image books. So it depends. Like since it's a dollar ninety nine, it's literally a preview magazine for Image. But for the past like twelve issues of this book, which sorry I mentioned it now, they've been running a story about like of witches called like Bad Egg. Part 12's coming out yeah. in this in this book. So, like, you, I'm sure, like, your comic book store might have, like, extra issues of Image Plus. Not always everybody picks it up, but if you're looking for that witch's fix before we get the, the next sequel. Yeah. sequel, like, you know, next series, I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that's a place to go for it. Totally. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, there is a reprinting of Century number one coming out. So, if you missed it, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Nice. Um, And then uh, also from DC, mentioning Tom King, Mr. Miracle number 10 is coming uh, out, uh, which is very, very exciting. Um, It's Tom King and Mitch Gerard's, and the cover's pretty basic. (laughs) So good. That's great. I'm just going to, I'm going to just put it, yeah. I like that. So good. (laughs) That's awesome. I want that. So I want that. I want that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So yeah, yeah, and uh, we didn't recommend any Ben to Superman this week. So we'll see you guys we, next yeah. time <laughs> with another episode of Off the Rack. We want to thank you all for hanging out with us and watching, and of course uh, for the super chats. We especially thank you. And if you want to hang out with us more, you can always do so by uh, subscribing, clicking the bell, liking all that crap, and uh, checking us out on another channel that's purple that's going to be up in a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, incidentally, we're also going to be. If you want to see something like this show live and in person. August 15th at Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. we will be doing a live episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. So if you want to see us live and you live in the tri-state area, then you might want to swing on by 7 p.m. on Wednesday night at Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey to see us do a live episode of Good, Bad, and Ugly. Free admission. Come on in and buy some comics. And the the store will be open after hours. You can can buy some comics and watch us tape the show. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. We've never done that before. And I'm really excited to see what kind of uh, studio audience we can produce as a result. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you there. And of course, watch our social medias for more updates about that. That's it for us. So we'll mm-hmm. see you guys next time with another episode of Off the Rack. And of course, stay tuned over on the other channel for Tiffany playing some Batman. I'm yeah. excited about that. See you then. Yeah.